she has no idea. If I had a black light, the place would look like a Jackson Pollock painting. You got issues, Quill. All right, folks, here we go. Next seminar up December 8th through the 10th, then February 9th through the 11th, then April 12th through the 14th. Another coaches workshop on the list, February 3rd on Long Island. This is open to anyone. There's no prerequisite. It's geared towards folks that just want to be better coaches, either in the personal training field, fitness professionals, or folks casually coaching family and friends. There is a discount available for active personal trainers, so check out the link for that. Then we have a self-sufficient lifter camp going on January 3rd in Wichita Falls, a squat camp on January 6th in Astoria, Queens, press and bench press camps going on November 11th in Orlando, Florida, at Starting Strength Orlando, and then January 20th on Long Island. Deadlift and Power Clean Camp going on December 2nd on Long Island. A couple squat and deadlift camps November 12th in Baltimore at 5x3 Training, and December 16th in Greenville, South Carolina at Block Haven. And then for three lift camps going on, we just have Seoul, South Korea with a squat, deadlift, and power clean camp. That's going on December 17th. And then finally, our new Rehab Injury and Pain Management Camp, January 6th in Katy, Texas at Starting Strength Katy, and February 3rd in Chicago at Starting Strength Chicago. As a reminder, this camp is designed for lifters, trainers, therapists, and coaches that just want to learn how to integrate strength training with rehab and dealing with chronic pain. Also, I want to remind you that Starting Strength Atlanta is ready to rock and roll as well as our second location in Austin. I'd also like to announce that Philadelphia now will have a Starting Strength Gym. To find out more information on any of those locations, head over to locations.startingstrengthgyms.com and you can see current as well as future locations. Speaking of future locations, just want to remind you of our top five markets for Starting Strength Gyms. We're still looking to put gyms. Number one is Arlington, two, Charlotte, three, Raleigh and Durham, four, Phoenix, and five, Jacksonville. If you're interested in any of those locations, head over to locations.startingstrengthgyms.com and fill out the form. And as usual, for more information on anything that I've talked about, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, Starting Strength Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. <laughs> I thought I'd be friendly today. <laughs> How are you? Are you okay? Is everything okay with you? Because your feelings are so important. My favorite part is how genuine this all feels. How genuine I, I appear? very feels genuine. I'm good at this. Because I genuinely care about people's feelings. You know, like RPE. You know how fond I am of RPE. I don't care about your feelings. Right? <laughs> I heard a thing on NPR today. I was listening to NPR at the house. Because when I turn on the radio before I walk out the door, and I turn the radio on to RPE to... <laughs> To, to, to NPR, <laughs> so acronyms are good as you know one is as good as the next. So I turn it on to NPR before I leave, and the reason I do that is I think that if somebody comes to break into my house and they hear RP, they hear, they hear, they hear NPR, NPR on, they'll get nauseated and leave. Or they'll fall asleep on the right in the or door. They'll fall asleep 
you know, they'll hear some fucking story. I, the story I heard today was how when people say mean things to other people, it affects their feelings. So you shouldn't say mean things. It's or groundbreaking things shit. Other, because it, you people should not ever be have their feelings hurt and or some kind of shit like this. And I these fucking fools are just I, I, why is electricity wasted on NPR? I haven't figured it out yet. But in its defense, this was the probably the only story that will run on NPR today that didn't mention climate change as well. Right. Yeah. So anyway. Well, just to show you guys that I don't care about you hurting my feelings, it's now time for comments, comments from, from the haters. I like that you hate me. All right? If the bottom 2% of the human race doesn't hate me, I'm fucking up. Okay? Keep that in mind. All right? All right. Here, the important, most important exercise in any training program with Mark Ripito. I don't remember that video. I think it's about the deadlift or something. No, that is about <laughs> that the about? upright row. Upright row. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. That's the upright row. They're trying to be funny here. Ah. Okay. <laughs> but literally, all their videos are like this. Just look at the Barbell Road demonstration video. The technique he recommends has the same flaws as this. There are no commas or periods in this long. Yeah, he's sentence. pissed. <laughs> he That's what you do when you're really, away. yeah, I don't have time. He's had to get this out. Yeah. Right? Had to get it off his chest. Barbell Row with Mark Ripito. How to row for no gains. Gains are so important. Right. Oh God! Here's a thing called pitch black forge, paranormal experiences, and bow legged squats. Now was this a? That was last week's podcast, right? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. There's Q and A. Was it Q and A? Call in Q and A, maybe. Yes. How many people are really going to bother going to another website to watch this? Oh, he's mad because it's on another the network. website, right? He's mad because what? Because it's on the network. You can't watch it. You don't want to pay. Oh, good. That's what he's talking well, about. I don't want him to pay it. Yeah. If he pays, refund. This is natty, fatty. He can listen for free. <laughs> if he if he pays, don't take his money. Okay. All right. All right. We'll make a note. All right. Here's one. All right. Same same video. Please take away Rusty's mic and spare us his incessant girlish laughter at his own jokes. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that in so that people would understand that I'm not the only one that's hated you. Okay? All right, now here, this one is funny. All right. I gained eight inches on my vertical just doing plyo and never did squats or deadlifts. I had friends that gained 10 plus inches. Mm. Look at the Olympic high jumpers. They skinny AF, and they have the highest verticals in the world, only doing plyometrics. Hmm. Where did you ever say uh, that every, getting your squat up increases your vertical? 
I said that it doesn't. Exactly. <laughs> I, I said what I said is you can't really increase, increase your vertical, your vertical. More by about twenty percent. That's a lie because that this guy. Is, this eight inches, <laughs> ten guy, inches, every ten inches plus of this thing here is complete bullshit. <laughs> every syllable, and I'm not going to waste my audience's time or insult their intelligence by explaining why. Okay. Maybe we'll do a show about the standing vertical jump one of these days. You think we ought to do that? I'm pretty sure you already have. Yeah. Have I really? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll look it up. We'll, we'll look see. it up. Yeah. All right. Look that we'll up. We'll make a note. Right. <clears throat> Rusty, okay. make a note. All right. All right. Now, here's a – this is a, a, a trap bar, right? You ready? This week's trap bar. There's two trap bars. Uh, this guy is awesome, but the trap bar deadlift <laughs> for me has been great. Way safer than a barbell in IMHO. His humble opinion. Humble opinion. All right. And the, the next one is, so he is against suitcase deadlift. Same argument. What, what is a suitcase? That, is that like when you load your suitcases? I think with it's just when you pick up a thing. Pull the handles pull off the handle, of them. Yeah. Yes, you're against suitcase deadlifts. Yes, I'm yeah. against suitcase deadlifts. Whatever those are. Isn't it amazing? I've been in this business for 48 years and I don't know what a suitcase deadlift is. Yeah. Isn't it fascinating how stupid yeah. I am? That's what happens when you live how in an could, echo how chamber. How could you be <laughs> when you're so myopic? Stupid. Ripito. <laughs> Everybody knows what a suitcase deadlift is, except you. You can still right. learn. Still learn Good. stuff. Yep. Never never right. too well, old. Well, I'll tell you what. Look it up. We'll nah, talk about it's it all right. All right. <laughs> you don't want to? Nah, nah. I don't either. So, all right. Starting Strength was a great strength training program, except the whole gallon of milk a day crap. You will get effing FFF in fat. You will not even look like you train, and regular gyn bros, G-Y-N bros, will even doubt you train. Aside from that, eat accordingly and do the accessory work like dips and chin-ups or curls and extensions. He just woke up from like a 25-year sleep. Like he thinks, he still thinks the gallon of milk a day thing is funny to talk about. Yeah. (laughs) But he does recognize the fact that, that gains... Are only recognized by other men. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, so that's good. He at least recognizes that. Well, he's got that, that reality master. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here's a great one. Here. Uh, the Conqueror, 1992, says about the barbell curl with Mark Ripito. Awful. <laughs> Very clear. Okay, on uh, here's one. This is man. This guy was digging through the files here. This is from Starting Strength Radio number nineteen. Damn, hmm. the Olympic weightlifting episode, and this guy says, "This is the one area where I feel Rip is completely out of his element. His opinions of weightlifting and other weightlifting coaches are quite out of date." Hmm. Right. Okay. Absolutely. How many gold medals have we won in the last 20 years? How many times have we placed above 20th yeah. in the worlds? 
in the past 40 years. Yeah. I think a better question would even, be... Even better question. better question would be, since starting strength radio number 19 or whichever one that was, yeah. how much has USAW weightlifting coaches changed their training? Because if it's out of date, then they had to have radically changed the way that they right. train their athletes. Right. No, we're out of date. No, you misunderstood. We're out of date. Yeah, that's it. My opinion, my criticisms are out of date. Is what right. is what they said. But let here's a question. Now here's a question. All right, Lasha Talakadze, clean jerk, two sixty seven, in April of last year. Right, April twenty two. That's the most weight that had been done in a competition since 1988 which was 34 years prior to that so it took olympic weightlifting 34 years to break a record 34 years to put a kilo on a cleanage jerk yep but i'm out of date (laughs) okay excellent and that concludes this week's installment of comments Comments. from From the heaters i remember talking about this but i don't remember if we actually looked it up but were there any are there any other records of that importance that have stuck around for 34 i don't know what it would be i mean what the hell else would uh, it be are any other olympic sports well they're not olympic sports (laughs) (laughs) since (laughs) <laughs> Next year is the last year they're in the Olympics. Uh, but, I, you know, it's a very good question. I don't know how to find that out. The 100 meters, you know, that... that how often does 100 meters get broke every three or four it can't years? Have been or, thir- it can't have been 30 years. Yeah, but No, fuck no, it wasn't 30 years. Usain Bolt broke. Yeah, anybody well, yeah, broken, for sure. Has anybody broken his record? <sighs> Not even close. But that, so was that was, what, seven or eight, ten, ten years, years ago? Ten years ago. Yeah. Somebody will break it, but even before even before Usain Bolt, there was still some records were still broken in a in a time period shorter than thirty years. Thirty four years. Thirty four years. Yeah. Thirty four fucking years. I don't know. Maybe there's another. uh, Maybe there is another sport in the Olympics that's that badly coached, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. You know. Okay. Now. When you see me sitting here at the desk with a sheaf of papers. A sheaf. Sheaf. A tranche of cables in my hand here, right? A tranche of cables. We're going to call it that from now on because that's just. A tranche of cables. It's so gay. It's just, <laughs> you know, and we, what we need to do is tone down. Our uber masculinity by saying something That's a good gay point. like a tranche yeah. of cables. These are cables. They're not emails or okay. Cables. All right. Then you know we're going to do a paper Q and A. This is a paper Q and A. I have to explain this every time because people are new to the podcast, right? Sometimes we have a Q and A where we actually hook the phone up to you. And we let you call us and, and talk to us. 
this is incredibly dangerous because we're turning the podcast over to complete amateurs right but we have the balls all right and i think the fact that we have the balls is obvious to everybody that watches this podcast that's why it's necessary for me to start saying a tranche of cables kind of soften the presentation of the, of the podcast a little bit don't you you agree with it yes well good all right so you notice how i keep doing this to the stack of paper to, you know why to i the do tranche. that <laughs> to the tranche of cables you know why i do that a tick no i just like for everything to be square oh gotcha okay it's just ocd it's reasonable thing, you know perfectly reasonable right i'm trying to find the longest standing olympic weightlifting right. or, Olymp- well, or you, olympic record you find that let us know well right. 1968 uh men's long jump well that was the the beeman thing, bob beeman right? bob beeman that was the beeman thing and that stood for is that still still the, uh, according to this article that may very well be yeah because he broke the goddamn record by like two feet right four inches nobody could believe it yep you know that's just a situation where everything was just exactly right but i don't and that may be that may still be the goddamn record i don't know that was such a freak occurrence yep hell they measured it like five times nobody could believe it you know uh outside of that one the oldest record still standing is a 1983 women's 800 meter and that's 1983 1983 and that was before they started letting men compete that's in right the women's 800 that's meter. right yeah that won't stand very long no no that that'll be broken it can't. In 24 it cannot stand can't be long. no it, it'll be <clears throat> there'll be eight guys in the women's division break that record yep. in 2024 because it would be wrong to tell a guy, no, you can't compete in the women's division because of his feelings. You know, can you not think of his feelings? What do you think that makes him feel like? You know? How does that make a guy feel when you tell him, no, you can't compete in the women's division? Have you got no compassion for this man's feelings at all? And then you would say something stupid like, well, what about the women's feelings? <laughs> Women. <laughs> what are they even doing here? Women are so 1990s. Let's move what are on. They, why Let's would move we care on. about, yeah. you know. Women have about three functions, and it's not to run the 800 meters. All right. One of them is I would not love to, to hear the other, the other three. Yeah. Well, I think I think you can guess what. Okay. What these guys think they are, you know, because because if we've learned absolutely nothing over the past several years, we've learned that men make much better women than women do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll never forget when uh, Bruce Jenner won was the <laughs> was the woman of the year. Of the year. Yeah, like ten years ago, that was phenomenal. See what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> you, you actually that see was what, that was the beginning of the end. You see what I mean? Yeah. Don't you? <laughs> right? Okay. Now, uh, Andrew Lewis wants to know uh, why? Or what would he like to see the Asgard Company and Starting Strength Gyms look like in twenty years? Well, what I'd like to see and what I'm liable to see are two completely different things. 
I'd like to see starting strength gyms completely replace every other fitness business on earth. That's what I'd like to see. But I'm not going to see that. It's quite an undertaking. Well, it would be quite an yeah. undertaking. It's a lot of capital investment, too. Right? However, we're not going to see that. So what what I would like to see is that, you know, I'd like to see in 20 years, I'd like to see we have 500 gyms. You think it's realistic? Yeah. Yep. 20 years for sure. 20 years might be. Yep. Might be realistic. Okay. Aaron Frederick wants to know, does he have any good recipes for beef heart? I've never eaten a beef heart. So I'm very interested to hear as well. I've, I have ground it and added it to hamburger. It kind of, kind of improves the flavor of hamburger a little bit, gives it a little more bloody taste. Uh, I have heard that there are recipes for, for beef heart where you skin all of the shit out of the out of the off the outside pericardium off the outside of the heart and then you take all the connective tissue out from the inside so you just got heart muscle and you you braise it i've mm. heard of that i've never had it though so i don't know what it tastes like but i don't have a good recipe for beef heart no i'm sorry Aaron. you develop that and get back to us is it kind of? I mean, it's it's got to be lean, right? But is it? Uh, oh yeah, there's no fat in it. Yeah, it's lean, and then it's. Uh, yeah, you you'd have to slow cook it. You can't just. No other way. Yeah. No other way. It had to be, you know, it's the pressure cook probably. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. You know, for an hour, <clears throat> until it was tender, and then you'd slice it. You'd have to come up with a gravy of some sort, and serve it with a bunch of mashed potatoes, and shit. I, I might be good. I don't know. I've got two or three of them in the freezer. Maybe I'll experiment with that. Right? All right, Subby, our buddy from Australia, says, Rip, for people of my age, we're concerned with the general decline of civilization and the West. Couldn't agree more. If there was a lesson to take from starting strength beyond the physical, it would be learn something deeply and get stronger. Getting individuals to critically think about things they do and get strong is an effective antidote antidote to clown world i'd wager there's not too many trainees with blue hair that we had one associated with us some time ago but she got siphoned off by the dregs and i don't know of any blue-haired starting strength coaches right now this makes starting strength one of the few effective options to fight clown world available as it can't be interdicted by the regime regime and he says, yet. Is starting strength being turned into a front in the culture war something that bothers you, or are you intrigued by how it's developed? What? I, you know, I, no, I think that's a valid observation. I don't know the, how many people it's occurred to, but we have always tried to present our methods as something that applies outside the gym right we say that all the time the the fact that and being honest about shit is 
equates being a front in a culture war is pretty uh it's pretty, it's pretty concerning up. and it speaks to uh it really our is. friends uh, it, and our friends mentality on shit yeah it's not uh it's no that's uh <clears throat> that, that's absolutely true lies are are the default the norm are the default thing you run into now we are in a post-truth society when Bruce Jenner is the woman of the year, we are in a post-truth society. All right? Now, you know. He's not even good looking. <laughs> no, really he's not. Not even you know, trying no, that he hard. Even some trying. Well, he is trying. He did, he did chop some things off. He has some, yeah, he's committed. He's committed. He's very committed. He's committed to it. And, uh, it, you know, and you've got to, you know, he's barely honest about lots and lots of things. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's not, he's not, he's an admirable guy with a mental disorder, but he's just, you know, uh, the goddamn guy is not in favor of men in the women's division of sports, if if, you know, if nothing else. Yep. Mm -hmm. But I've heard him say some intelligent things, so it's hard to be mad completely. Well, coming from that world, he he understands how it actually fucking works. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, (laughs) Yeah. he's a little bit more grounded in reality, right? In some things, you know. so, uh, I, you know, I, in terms of us being a, you know, if we get to 500 gyms, we'll be a much bigger factor in the culture war. Now, won't we? So that'd be good. It'd be good from that standpoint entirely. All right? Now, in case Nick's in the Q&A when he gets filmed, hey, since you are. Here I am. Nick, has anyone ever walked down a street toward you? Yes. Seen yes, you, whatever he's about to say, yes. Seen you, and crossed the yes. street. And immediately turned the other way. <laughs> not turned the other way, but, uh, well, no, that's not true. Yeah, yeah, all the time. Happens all the time. All the time. Happens every day. All the time. All right. Yeah, Pete, I will. Uh, some, Good question, Subby. Yeah, I'll approach somebody for whatever, and they will immediately you know, get nervous. And that's especially true when, when, the wind is blowing from you into the guy coming down the street. <laughs> the, the the best place is elevators, especially you know. And I feel bad because if it was my daughter, I'd be a little bit worried. You know, if I got, if if my daughter was in an elevator with a dude like me that looked like me, I'd be a little bit worried. She's but, coming out pregnant. At, at least, yeah. At um, least pregnant. But elevators are interesting places because people get really nervous for some reason. You think you're going to blow it up really or something? In elevators. <laughs> He's elevators got a bomb are, on him. Elevators are perhaps the most unnatural environment on the surface of the earth. Oh, yeah. Lock yourself in a little moving box. Other than subways. And going up, yeah, subways. Are, yeah. But I don't do subways, yeah. so I, I don't know. <laughs> I can't imagine them being as bad as that. Subways are bigger than elevator cars. Yeah, subways yeah. have a subways have a really interesting thing about them. So this was years ago. The last time we were in in Brooklyn, Kathy and I went a few days early because I'd never been in New York. So we went like three days early, right? And just hung out in New York City. <clears throat> decided not to rent a car or anything. We're just going to do the subways. So and we did just too. like normal we're shit, right? Be like New Yorkers. We're going to be like New Yorkers, Florida. right? Uh, right. But this is the, the one of the biggest cities in the world. You know, you're surrounded by people 24/7, and they all they 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 all typically act like they are the epitome of human civilization, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So we're in a nice Airbnb. I walk in, the doorman greets me. He's very nice. You know, all great. We get in the elevator, or I get in the elevator. There's a woman in there, younger woman. She looks up, and I said, "Hey, how's it going?" And she looked at me, like I told her to get on her knees and 
you know, I mean, it oh, was, New Yorkers it, do she, not like she you talking. Looked, to she them. looked at me and gave me this mm-hmm. look, like, "What like, the what fuck the are you fuck? doing talking to me? Are you addressing me for?" Didn't say anything, and then looked back at her phone. I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." Yeah. And then you get on the subway, and you're surrounded shoulder to shoulder to people, and um, you're I mean, not supposed to talk to anybody. You, well, it's not even that people don't acknowledge that anybody else <clears throat> exists. exists. Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah. you have to live that it's, way. It's so fucking. Weird. You've got to live that way. There's but, too many people to have to interact with all that. Right. I guess it's just a defense Wait, mechanism. When, Very uh, weird. When we were staying in Brooklyn, um, there was a. Um, there was a bagel place within walking distance. So I'd get, I, for, we were there for four or five days. So every morning I'd go there and I'd walk in with a smile on my face. Oh, they don't want to see that shit. Oh, no. I yeah. was like, how y'all doing? And then they just like, stare at you like, what the fuck, man? Mental hospital. Why do you care how I'm doing? <laughs> it was, it's so bizarre. Hey, um, whenever we went to the uh, subway one how night. How is that any of your business? <laughs> um, how I'm doing? <laughs> One of our subway experiences, um, oh, man. I think it was day two that we were there, and um, <laughs> we, we're about to get onto a sub, uh, a car, and as the door opens, there's two guys fist fighting, like literally throwing, <laughs> and it, of course there's a girlfriend, because a fist fight is anything without a woman screaming in the background, so she's yelling at us because we're not getting in the middle of this fist fight to nah, break no, it up. No, oh, yeah. no, 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 I'm not yeah. getting stabbed. Yeah. No. Amazing! What an amazing place! And then my idiot friends are have their phones out, going "World Star, World Star, World Fuck. Star." You know, I I can't explain it to you. Okay. <laughs> Good. All right. Now, here's a question from Sasha Hereford. Hereford. And his post says, "In old forum post, Rip recommended rolfing to deal with kyphosis and uneven scapular mobility." I don't remember doing that. I don't remember. What is that? That I don't remember thing? ever recommending Rolf. I, I don't remember that one bit, and I, I don't remember, remember that. it at all. I don't believe that. No, I think that's stupid. So I don't. I think you've got me confused with someone else. <laughs> yeah, I don't. So, I would have remembered that. I've had issues with my shoulders and sternum area for years <clears throat> that get worse with weights near my PRs, and have led me to plateau for years now. Recently, I've had a rolfing session, which resulted in a significantly different posture and a sensation of more freedom, a sensation of more freedom in the ribs and sternum. However, in the gym, I seem to fall back into my old posture. Because your posture didn't change. (laughs) Because your posture didn't change and your sensation of more freedom was probably the result of the fact that the rolfing session cost a couple hundred dollars. You paid for it, right? And, and it probably hurt, and what it is, didn't hurt what anymore. Is it what was is rolfing? Rolfing is, well, let's get Dr. Morris to explain that to us, since he's right. intruded on our since he's here. private time and shit. Step up to the mic I, there, Will Morris. I honestly have no idea what that is. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I have no idea. All right, let me explain it to you, doctor. <laughs> rolfing is an extreme version of massage and it's it's extremely intense with hands or is it when you use tools no they they typically just use hands okay. but I, they're they're, they'll use tools too they use that no, scraping no, no, tool they, in fact that's true they do have rolfing tools. yeah there's stainless steel they, they yeah yeah and they'll roll your muscles out with these them. things and mash yeah. on you in different ways and it hurts like fuck that's why he got the and, sensation of be, having more movement is because he was in intense pain and then he was no longer in pain anymore and now he was free to yeah, move without pain. Yeah. But I, I don't, you know, I, I've never had it done. I have, I know people who have had it done and who have said it's extremely beneficial. 
but uh I don't know. I don't have any, I, I, I don't I don't know have how any much personal of it, experience with it, so I can't say. I don't know how much of that is a placebo. Because, I mean, you know. Pe- think pe- it depends pe- on how much they charge. Well, it, you know, people get cupping and think cupping helps them. And, cupping. You know, the suction cup bullshit. and Which sucks toxins and poisons. Oh, God. From out of your body, through the skin. Yeah, yeah. And into the cup. Yeah. Right? And then when you when you take the cup off... You look in the cup, and there's toxins and poisons in the in the cup, right? Yeah, I think it was right? explained to me as it brings blood to the surface. It pulls blood into the muscles or some bullshit like that. I had it done once because my buddy was uh, getting his massage therapy license, and he wanted to try it, and I was like, fuck it, fuck it, whatever. And it was the most unpleasant experience I have had. Somebody sucking on you that was a guy. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> think about it like that, and that mm. will... Can we get Will? Will's shaking his head over that. Yeah. I want to hear his opinion. And cupping is just instrument-assisted hickeys. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's yeah. all it yeah. is. Yeah, it's, it's but fine. the you know, and that's if that's what you want to do, and you want to pay two hundred dollars for that, then you go right fucking ahead. But Jesus, <laughs> what what exactly are you willing to believe? You know the thing about you know? cupping too is that everybody knows you had it because you walk oh, yeah. around with these big or bruises on your back, and all then you show up at Cross, the gym. Crossfitters or at, love it, or at CrossFit or at Jiu-Jitsu, love, love and you it. got fucking bruises all over your back. They, no, CrossFitters cover that up with their kines tape. That's true. <laughs> that's what that tape is for to cover no, those little round marks. They, they they proudly display their cupping. Yeah, their cupping. Yeah, the kines tape's old school. That's done. And what's even worse is you have physical therapists who actually do cupping in the clinic and their explanation for why they do it is it brings blood to the injured area yeah yeah. because these doctorate educated physical therapists fail to realize that causing vascular rupture and the capillaries which leads to bruising is a different physiologic mechanism than Increased blood flow. <laughs> right. Increased blood flow is a function of vasodilation. Yes. You, not. Not blood spillage into the. Not <laughs> rupture <laughs> of capillaries. In, you can't look. <laughs> I, yeah. I, it, right. Do you know how okay. hard it is to try to be an ethical provider and an unethical yes. professional? Yes. It's, yeah, it's I can imagine difficult. what it. I can imagine. Yes. Well, actually, I do because I'm in that same profession. I'm an ethical provider in an unethical profession. Yeah, that's true. I guess, yeah, you're right. absolutely I, it's, right. That's, there's a strong parallel there. All right. <laughs> Let's see. Recently, I've had a rolfing session, different posture. We were talking about his experience with rolfing, maybe how to help you. No, don't rolf. <laughs> don't ralph either. What, don't what, you, ralph. what you don't want to do is don't, don't waste money. Okay? Don't waste money. Now, I, if you want to go get rolfed, and you've got a you got a back injury, and you want to go to a rolfing session and have the rolfer work on your back, and this is a this is a chronic thing that keeps coming up. You keep tweaking your back, and you go in there, and he works the piss out of that area, and you get up off the table, and you feel better, and you continue to feel better. Good, do it. All right, that might help. You know, I mean. A lot of, of acute therapy like that, like chiropractic and this type of this type of vigorous massage and stuff, does sometimes work on back tweaks when they are caused by things other than uh, 
spinal pathology. All right. And the mechanism by which it works might not be the re- the reasoning that they're explaining, might not but it doesn't be matter. Explanation. If it, yeah, if it worked, it worked. Right. Doesn't matter. Right. But if it works, and and it, it you know you you get to sleep tonight for the first time in about three days, go ahead and do it. Try it. But man, don't listen to chiropractors tell you that they can cure cancer. Allergies. They all say right? that all the time. Yeah. Allergies. Yeah. Chiropractors don't have anything to do with allergies. There's lots and lots and lots of stupid people dishonest people in the medical services industry there are lots and lots of stupid doctors dishonest doctors sorry motherfuckers that are running doctors offices lots and lots of them two three of them here in town 45 seconds is their consultation time in the room you know not as long as it takes, but 45 seconds. You know, that's wrong. Yep. That's wrong. You yeah, know. they've got pre-filled uh, sheets for uh, statins and SSRIs. Right. They just make sure they get the right one, or usually both. Right. Sometimes they don't care, just as long as one's taken. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, uh, they're going to give you both anyway. Right, yep. Right. I know a kid, I think I've mentioned this on the program, perfectly healthy 27 year old kid went to his doctor who was one of these quack motherfuckers here in Wichita Falls had a 45 second consultation and left with a prescription for Prozac on the strength of a 45 second consultation with the boy now I don't know of a more clear case of medical malpractice than that but that's common. It's, it's not common just here in Wichita Falls. Yeah. It's common all over the goddamn industry. You, and, and the point is you have to be an informed patient. You don't have the option of trusting your doctor anymore. It's 2023. They have spent the past three years proving to you that their judgment is flawed. And in response to that, your judgment must come into play. It's your responsibility. You don't have the option of just doing what your doctor said because, after all, he's a doctor, right? That's gone. If it was ever here, it's gone. All right. Uh, let's see. Okay. Andy Causal, who is an important contributor on the board. He, uh, I enjoy his contributions tremendously on the forums. He's a solid guy, and I wish he'd hurry up and come to a seminar. All right. In his book, Anti-Fragile, Nassim Nicholas Taleb spends several pages on the medical profession's problem of iatrogenics, or harm caused by medical intervention, which is, as an aside, the number three leading cause of death in the United States after cancer and heart disease. 
He proposes the following strategy when dealing with medical advice. Reason backwards. Starting from the iatrogenics, the iatrogenics to the cure rather than the other way around. Whenever possible, replace the doctor with human anti-fragility. Couldn't agree more. He cites the mammogram as an example. Its benefits to life expectancy have been shown to be non-existent and may even cause net harm due to the risks created by the prompted medical interventions. If, as he suggests, iatrogenics were considered before the cure, such generally useless diagnostics would rarely be prescribed. You've made a similar point in relation to elevated PSA in the general male population. And the strong bias doctors have to intervene when given a signal, regardless of the risks of that intervention. Everyone here is in agreement with that, all right? Thinking on this led me to my question. Is it ever wise to see a doctor in the absence of symptoms? And if so, what screenings, blood work, and other diagnostics do you believe a healthy individual can benefit from? Now, this is why we value anti-causal contributions to the forums. They're all this good. If you don't read the forums, read the forums. You learn things from the forums. So, is it ever wise to see a doctor in the absence of symptoms? No. No, that's stupid. I had a guy post on the board today. He started this, this thing started yesterday. This exchange started yesterday. He says he has got uh, arthrosis. Arthrosis is a uh, is a European term for arthritis. Oh, shit, okay. It's, it's the same as arthritis. Yeah. It's, it's degenerative joint disease. Right now, he says he was diagnosed with degenerative joint disease ten years ago, and he wants to know what he should do about it. But he says he has no symptoms. Important question: What did the doctor say he should do? Doctor about says it? he should stop squatting. Right. Of course. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but the uh, my question is: if there, if you didn't have any knee pain. Why did you go to the doctor and give him the opportunity to diagnose you in the absence of symptoms with arthritis? He must have had something going on with his knee to even ask the question. Why would the doctor even check? He has said a couple of times in this exchange that he's in no pain at all. That's weird. Yeah. But people do this all the time. Oh, I know, I it's, know. You got to go for your checkup. Yeah, your check- because your if checkup. you know, you can't trust your own sensations. Right. Right. All right. So there are two things: there are signs and there are symptoms. All right. Let's get this out of the way. Symptoms are what you, the patient, perceive. Symptoms are pain, redness, pus running out of your nose. You know. Cerebrospinal fluid leaking out of a hole in your back. Bone sticking out of the skin. Bone sticking out of the skin. Inability to walk. You know. Pissing yourself. Chronic pain. Yeah, Yeah, pissing yourself. You know, loss of bowel control. Those Those are symptoms. Those are what you know. All right. Signs are what are revealed to the medical professional upon examination. Right? Now... If your symptoms are loss of bladder and bowel control, and you go to the doctor with those symptoms, and he takes a 
uh, lumbar MRI study, and he shows that you have fractures at L4, L5, and S1. And blood is leaking out into the area and is is impinging nerves and causing the symptoms that you reported. Those are signs, okay? But in the absence of symptoms, why would you ask someone for a diagnosis? A diagnosis of what? Right. Okay, a diagnosis of what? Now, here's a here's an extremely important thing. We talked about this on the program a hundred times anyway, maybe 200 times, all right? If you take a, a full spinal MRI of anybody over the age of about 35, any upright, normal human being over the age of 35 is going to reveal some spinal pathology upon MRI study. All right? In the absence or presence of symptoms. Now, this is, you you have to understand this. You have to understand this. If you go to the, the doctor and here's what this, in practical sense, that's what this means. You go to the doctor, and you got back pain, and he orders an MRI. And the MRI comes back, and he shows pathology, and the MRI shows pathology to the doctor. You don't know, and neither does he, if that pathology sign on the MRI is what is causing the symptoms. You don't know that. And if you let him operate on your ass as a result of that test, then my friend, you just had back surgery. And back surgery is a very bad thing to have. Yeah, here's here's the thing, Rep. With thing the, with orthopedic, I think generally the f- the framework is right, but how it's how it's done is wrong. So because usually what happens is you 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 show up with some kind of pain, they'll do an MRI, whatever kind of imaging, and then they'll say you have this, and then they'll say what they'll do is they will present a process for you to follow, which is go to physical therapy for X amount of time, and then if that doesn't work, then we'll look at our other options, which usually ends up in surgery, right? So the problem, right. so that's exactly what should happen, but the intervention, the process that they're presenting is ineffective. That's the problem. Because, yes. you know, the physical therapy doesn't actually do anything. If that Most were, if, of the time, physical therapy doesn't do yeah, a Yeah, if that thing. was done it's properly, if that was done properly, then I think it, that's the right. right way to do it. Right. In terms and of- You know why <laughs> everybody likes starting strength gyms? Because 55-year-old guys with chronic back pain come into starting strength gyms, and we have them deadlift for three weeks, and then their back pain's gone. Yep. That's normal. That's right. what we see every day yep. in starting strength gyms. Deadlifts make your back pain go away. But what doesn't happen at the physical therapist's office? Deadlifts. Yep. Squats and deadlifts are performed in the physical therapy office. What's performed is they massage on stuff, and they put hot wax and you know give you birthday cake and all this other shit and it, it's but that's 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 what happens birthday at the physical cake. therapy office okay we make you deadlift and squat and what happens <laughs> things change because they have to because deadlifts make things change you start the guy off at 135 
and then you wait two days and you make him deadlift 145 and then you make him deadlift 155. This causes things to change because they have to because you're causing an adaptation to take place. And in the, in the course of that adaptation, whatever was making your back hurt gets better, right? Now, you may go back in and have another MRI done. And that MRI study may show that the previous pathology it received is better, or it may show that there's no change in the previous pathology. Because most of the time, the MRI study pathology is not related to back pain. Now, this I know this is difficult to wrap your fucking mind around, okay? But this is the case, all right? You have a spinal column that evolved in a quadrupedal animal, horizontal, dealing with moment force, and then you stand him up 1.75 million years ago and have him walking around in compression. With a 40-year lifespan, by the way. That's, that's With a 40-year lifespan, that's the bigger because problem. that's when the hyenas ate your ass. Yeah, but, that's the bigger problem. It's, you know, it's only designed about, to last 40 years. Right. <laughs> and, you, you know, you get to be 67, and you've got some back pain. Welcome to the human fucking race. Okay? Everybody on Earth has back pain. Everybody from the communist Chinese to the Pope to me and you and even people in Tierra del Fuego. All right. Everybody has got low back pain. It's normal for human beings. And I'm real sorry about that. Okay. But when you have low back pain, that doesn't mean you go to the doctor and have him give you a prescription for opioid analgesics for it because those don't help. All they do is fuck everything up because you can't deal with the idea that you may have to do something yourself to fix that back pain, like deadlifts and squats. Because that generally speaking, in, in terms of chronic back pain, deadlifts and squats fix that. We do it all the time. We make a lot of money fixing 55-year-old chronic back pain. All right, because it works. The biggest risk in that in that whole process. So because the, because the ultimate intervention is so risky, you know, doctors aren't going to be uh, they're going to be averse in terms of just automatically jumping to cutting you open. So they present a process that's ineffective that may eventually lead to them having to cut you open anyway. But I think the biggest risk in that process is that as the patient, you you hear a diagnosis and you convince yourself that you're broken and then you're done and then you get this this downward spiral. Right. Um, the what you don't have in the in the primary care industry is that is that risky intervention because if if it is assumed that a, that uh, prescribing a statin or prescribing an SSRI is low risk and it's a tool that they have available, then they're just going to dole the shit out at any right. time, right? And ultimately, and, and, and that's exactly where we are right now. Well, yeah. So in terms of your in terms of your general health. Uh, my opinion, my personal opinion, I want to know what the fuck's going on. So I'm going to go get my blood drawn. I want to see the lab results. And now I have Dr. Whitmer do it for me, which has other benefits. <coughs> but I want to know what's going on. But if you're if if 
in here's what typically happens you get a you get a set of lab results doctor sees something that he doesn't like so what he does is he presents a solution to you which is take this prescription do this diet do this thing and if that's what you're getting um that is not uh, that you, you're not receiving good service if you're if you're not getting a process in order to figure out what's going on and how to fix it then that doctor is only useful in prescribing the tests that you need and you should probably right. find somebody better anyway right so that that's my that's the point i want to make is, is anything that's complicated anything that's on a lab that that's on a lab result is a complicated situation you know how no, no matter how you look at it it's a fairly complicated situation right. because it's physiology and there's no single answer for anything on that test that's appropriate to give somebody on that day more importantly <clears throat> The vast majority of doctors are not qualified to interpret. That's exactly right. Those test results. Now, I'm sorry to have to tell you people that, but these people have no idea. Anybody that will tell you that if your testosterone is within the reference range, that it's that there's nothing wrong with you and you're you're just fine. If your testosterone is 220 because it's in the reference range doesn't understand the test right they don't understand the test yeah typically what you get and is they're not qualified to make to make recommendations based on those exactly. tests yet because, they do it all day long because what they're engaged in is programming it's it's here is a here is a result a, B. here is a result C, and these B. are the these are the things that coincide with that right. result that I should be doing good doctors understand a process to make you better if there's actually even a problem right so a good doctor will will give you more tests you know, in a series of, over time right. to see what you, what's actually going on. Um, and they'll tell you the risks and they'll tell you what would happen if you don't do anything, what will happen if you do if you do this thing. Right. And then the interventions are slow and least, you know, the, the minimal <clears throat> that, you, that you can do. Um, and it's, it's process-based, in other words. It's not like, here, do this, come <clears throat> see me in six weeks, let's see what happens, because that's bullshit. That's lazy. Right. So no, it's 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 what it is is the business model. Exactly. That's all it is. It's not medicine. It's a business right. model. So if you're the and kind to of the guy, extent, to the extent that medicine is a business model, medicine is harmful. Absolutely. Because there's no thought involved in it, and you're dicking around with people's lives. With your physiology. Yeah. You know. The uh, yeah. So if 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 you're the kind of guy. <laughs> For the listeners, if you're the kind of guy that can't look at a lab result and not freak the fuck out, shit, man, you might be better off just not doing it. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, right. you know, because you could do more harm than good. You could, if you don't have a basic <clears throat> biology education, basic science education, you're, you're in, you know, you're unprepared for this whole deal. Yeah, like the know? people that show up and get yeah. a, a get a high blood pressure reading and by high like 130 something over over 90 or 140 right. over and then they leave with the blood pressure uh, prescription that day. Yes. Why like what what the fuck is going to happen between now and 3 months from now? Like what's wrong with saying, "Hey, here's a blood pressure monitor. Take your shit three times a day." Right. And let's, let's see, see what, what let's see what it actually is. Actually when is. you're not in the office instead of this this yeah. idiot LVN taking it with the wrong size <laughs> cuff in the office in a hurry, you know, with with you with you know, you're all afraid something's wrong and shit. Right. Of course your blood pressure is going to be elevated. But is 140 <laughs> over 90 an emergency? 
is 150 over 110 in emergency. They act like it is, and they make you be- it, they make people believe it is, yeah. and they and people freak out. That was something that I was going to bring up. Is I think that anybody who's taken a, a an actual appraisal of the the American medical system has to look and be reflective on how much the culture of fear is baked into the American medical right. system. Yes, that everything had it. And you see it. You see it on the boards. You see it on the internet. You see it talking to people. That people just want to go and find out if there's something going on. That even if they're devoid of symptoms, they want to go and make sure because you never know when you could have pancreatic cancer or this. But but physicians have instilled this culture of fear around people's health that people feel drawn to going to their doctor because whenever somebody doesn't feel well, which nobody feels well anymore, there has to be a diagnosis. It can't just be that you just don't feel good. You don't feel good today. And then nobody's trying to optimize health. People are just treating lab values or they're, they're practicing medicine errantly because they take somebody with high blood pressure reading on day one and they give a medication instead of doing standard of care doing a five day or a 14 day blood pressure check or something like that but if you listen to people and you'll see it you'll you will see it i guarantee you on the comments it on this that people will say that you're being flippant with people's health by saying that doctors don't actually know this as well as they think they do right but that's no, because that'll, that'll be said the sure. population stay in your lane is what they'll the say the population has been groomed to be fearful of their health precisely in every form and fashion and that that's, somebody has a little right. bit of knee pain because they started doing a couch to 5k and they're on their fifth straight day of running when they haven't run in 14 years, and they have to go and see a doctor to see if there's something wrong. Because people have been taken out of the equation of being an advocate for their own health. Now the only individual that advocates for your health is the person who prescribes you the drugs. That's the only person that can advocate for your health in our system, unless you take a more proactive approach, which is what Nick was talking about. Well, you've got to understand, boys and girls, you've got to understand that the medical services industry, and notice I didn't say the healthcare industry because that doesn't exist. The medical services industry has a business model. And that business model is that everyone is a patient. Everyone in the population is a patient because there is something they can do for you to fix something that's wrong with you, whether you know it or not. That's the model. And I'm not joking, guys. I'm not joking. You've, you've, got, to, you've got to understand the motivations at play here. There is hell of a bunch of money spent unnecessarily with the medical services industry every year, and they like it like that. Of course. My God, I hate to be this way, but tell me I'm wrong. How many nebulous conditions, nebulous syndromes, clusters of symptoms are we actually very good at treating? We are not very good at treating anything that has kind of an unknown pathology. You think of things like low back pain. You think of fibromyalgia. All of these encompassing diagnoses, we're absolutely horrible at treating it. We are much better at treating concrete symptoms. We are good at doing surgery in some cases. Yep. 
There are Some cases were very good at repairing fractures. We're very good at treating dermatologic issues. Well, sometimes we're good at degree at, at I'd say we're doing pretty good derm. At we're pretty good at doing derm stuff. Because derm stuff's usually fairly easy to to explain a cause for and fairly easy to treat. We're we're good at treating we've gotten real good at treating cancer. You know, we can treat cancer. We can't prevent its cause, but once you've got it, we can't. We can save your ass a lot of times. You know, now seventy-five years ago, we couldn't do that. You had a cancer diagnosis seventy-five years ago. You had better get your fucking affairs in order because you were dead. Nowadays, it's not like that. You know, kids show up with cancer when they're eleven years old, and they get to be sixty-five. That never happened before. We've, we're good at certain things, but we're terribly bad is, I'll tell you what we're terribly bad at. We're terribly bad at taking responsibility for our own health so that when you walk in the office and after 45 seconds, the doctor says, well, you know, I think you need a Prozac prescription. You're supposed to say, what? You're going to give me a drug that alters my perception of my surroundings for a very long time on the strength of a 45 second consultation with me what you're supposed to say then is fuck you doctor fuck you all right now and second question second thing you say is, is do i have to pay for this visit today do i have to pay for this visit because i'm not going to pay for this visit because this is not this is not medicine well isn't that the other problem though is that most people aren't seeing the they're not seeing the bill right it's no or they make you pay before you go in to see this piece of shit right you know where you don't have the option to not pay the bill if you have if you you have symptoms that drive you to going to a doctor you should demand that that healthcare provider see you for a period of time that's longer than it takes you to order a sandwich at a lunch counter. Yes. Yes. Now, I've been to a couple of guys. Oh, it's 15 years ago. I was having some Prince Metals angina symptoms, right? And a guy here locally who is a good cardiologist sent me down to uh, – he sent me down to – ut southwest they're on harry hines and i had an appointment with the guy this is weird coming from wichita falls i had a one o'clock appointment with the guy at 12 59 i'm sitting in the waiting room 12 59 they came out the door and they said mr ripto on time that doesn't happen in wichita falls and he spent an hour with me Working me up, arguing with me, telling me one thing then another, and you know, and 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 uh, you know, I didn't agree with his assessment, and I didn't do what I told him, what he told me I he thought I ought to do. But as it turned out, I was right and he was wrong. But that's not my point. My point is, he spent an hour with me. Right. He gave me the best information based on his situation that he could give me and that's what i was paying him to do 
He acted as a consultant. He acted as a consultant. He had consulted with me. He didn't tell me what to do. He acted as a consultant, and he was a very good one. And I appreciated that effort. I appreciated the effort that that. And this guy's one of the head instructors in the in the Department of Cardiology at UT Southwest, which is a premier medical school. It is. It's a top. And he spent an hour with me. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. I was I was I was impressed with these guys. I was impressed. I man, this is. I've never. This is this is a this is a process I haven't experienced before. You know, when they're not just rushed around. You're they're late. They don't care that your schedule is somewhat important to you. You know, then they rush through the appointment. They don't want to hear what anything you have to say to them. They want to do a little cursor. I had a guy here in Wichita Falls uh, during that same period of time. I had a guy here in Wichita Falls. Uh, cardiologist here in Wichita Falls falsify the medical record that he generated from that office visit one day to say that he performed a physical examination on me. He was never in the room. But his report said he performed a physical examination. And that was, Jeez. That was a bald-faced lie on a medical record. So, yeah, it happens. It happens. If you're not cynical, you're not thinking very clearly, right? You'd better become cynical. This is your ass, right? If you're, if you're this not is cynical, potentially your ass, all right? If you're not cynical, go to a primary care appointment with a female family member or a female friend, uh, somebody that you know that's complaining of abdominal or pelvic-type symptoms, and watch that female get dismissed immediately as either it's anxiety, it's in your head, or it's you're overweight, just go lose some weight and everything will get better. No no, no workup. No, no consideration no, of the symptoms. None whatsoever. No attempt to determine signs. Yep. It's amazing. Just absolutely amazing. That was pretty good. That was a real good one. Yeah, that was a good question. All right. Okay, now... Moving right along. Jim G says, what kind of coffee do you currently drink? I remember in a previous podcast, you said that all modern coffee sucks ass now. Where is the good stuff at? It's at McDonald's. They've got the corner on all the good, all the good modern coffee. When did I say all modern coffee sucks ass? I don't think you said that. I don't remember saying that. Up. That's just, that's because I know better than that. There's ways to get good coffee. Now, if you're going to actually become a coffee geek, well, you got to do it right. You got to roast your own coffee. It's not that much trouble. All right. You got to buy green coffee. And there are places all over the internet to buy green coffee. Just sweetmarias.com is a real, real good website that offers lots and lots of information about coffee, where it's grown how it's produced, how it's processed, all this other stuff. You can order coffee from them. They send it green to your house. Green coffee keeps a couple of years, all right? You roast a small batch whenever you want to a, a fresh pot of coffee. You know, the thing to keep in mind is that coffee is like bread. It's stale in five or six days. Now, that doesn't mean it's not drinkable, but it does mean that it's stale in five or six days. If you want the actual 
coffee to be its best you roast it you let it rest about 12 hours and then you and then you make it when you start so, roasting coffee, and roasting coffee is not difficult at all. I mean, no, it, it's, it seems complicated, but it's not. It's it, People, if you watch the YouTube guys do it, um, just ignore half the shit they say because it doesn't really matter that much. But just get the coffee roasted. And once you start roasting coffee, if you're one of these guys that like buys bags of coffee and then grinds it and then you measure it and you do all these things to get the perfect brew as soon as you start roasting your own coffee you stop worrying about all that shit because it's really hard to make a bad cup of coffee with yes. fresh roasted fresh roasted coffee, coffee. the only way you can make a bad cup of, cup of coffee is to not use enough yeah to not use enough for sure just it, it yeah. if you can see through the coffee you fucked it up right all right right uh but if you go, I mean, every there's so many damn hipsters now. Now you go to some place where they're roasting coffee. Just buy, you know, if you're not if you're not ready to commit fully to roasting coffee, just go buy some. It's expensive. It'll be sixteen bucks for a pound. But go yeah. try it and see how good it is. Well, what do you pay for it at Starbucks? Uh, yeah, about the same. You know, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but but that's, that's not coffee though. Well, <laughs> no, that's the same. You'll buy. Well, you'll buy. Got a, some decent coffee. Yeah, they've got some they, decent they've shit. Got there. some decent shit, but it's a bunch of money. It's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. At, at this point today, it's not any different than just going down to the local hipster shop and buying some fresh right. roasted stuff. Green coffee is about half the cost. It's half, if if, not, if less. not less, depending how much you than buy. roasted coffee. Yeah, it's about half the cost. I'll buy five pounds at a time, yeah. and it'll be it'll come out to. F- six seven bucks a pound yeah yeah and then you know so you you spend it and and you've got coffee that's never going to be stale right you put green coffee beans in the freezer and and keep the damn things for two three years and it's the same as the day it went in the freezer you know yeah it's good it's hard to fuck uh, up man and you you just brew it however you want and what do you use to roast I used Steph. No, pots. Steph gave me the automatic Baymore like years ago. Um, you know, remember the toaster looking yeah. thing? She gave me one of those a long time ago. I still use that. Those are good. Yep. What she's doing now is she's she's doing a whirly pop. Yep. Uh, pan. It's a it's a little pan with a handle on it, and it's got a little. It's got a crank at the crank top. at the yep. top, and you just turn it around, and you just you stand there at the yep. stove. And that's cheap. Sweet Maria's has all the instructions for how to modify oh, yeah. that thing, so you could. Sweet you could Maria's do is the place to yep. go. You know, they are uh, a, the 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 best source I know of on the internet for roasting your own coffee. Easily. Yep. Uh, now, what I I'm just not that particular about coffee anymore, so I've been drinking French Market coffee and chicory oh that orange bag yellow oh red right red with a blue label red can blue label uh you're thinking of uh cafe du monde yeah yeah which is the yellow version of the same coffee and chicory those are both good uh french market is a darker roast i think uh french market is just black comes out black but you're going to put half and half in it and it's good yep i don't find i'm just not that picky about coffee anymore i went through coffee geek phase and i've <laughs> graduated out of that if you're going to buy shit at starbucks get the blonde roast it's the only one that's not uh, i mean it actually tastes like coffee um it, it tastes more like what you would get if you uh, right. if you roasted your own um, people yeah that other all the other stuff is kind of over roasted okay uh We'll do one more. Let's do it. Let's do one more. Let me see here. 
I gotta save these for next time. Some of these are pretty good questions. Uh, let's take one from Marty Fox. Let's see if Marty. Very good. Contribution. Our friend Marty Fox. For those who work outside of the typical seven day week with five working days and a weekend, what would a perfect schedule split look like if you were able to carve out an hour or two every single day? Would it be beneficial to split up the lifts any more than the four-day split, for example? Or would the overall stress on the system be less than you would need to optimally facilitate an adaptation? Oh, you, uh, want- you know, these kind of questions are best answered by people who have done that out of necessity, and I never have. He wants to do five days in a row, is that I guess deal? that's what he wants to do, five working days in a weekend. Those work outside of a typical seven-day week with five working days and a weekend. What would oh, the right. schedule look like? Right. So he's on some kind of weird-ass shift. Yeah. All right. And the. the but he said what, he could start uh, carve out an hour. Let's see. Hour a day. An hour. Day? Have you ever carve out an hour or two every single day? He if can, you can carve out two hours, he's got a normal. You got a normal workout yeah, schedule. Yeah. Right? I mean, why would it take you more than two hours to train? Yeah. You know. If you're in a if rush, you only you can got do... an hour. No, that's a different matter entirely. Yeah. yeah, if you're in if you're in a hard rush, you can get a good workout done in an hour and fifteen, hour and twenty minutes. Oh, easily, easily. easily. You do your squat warm ups. Yeah. You start your squat work sets. Yeah. Do your first work set squats, and then whatever pressing exercise you're warm up do, on that. You do the warm ups for that. Half of the warm ups for that. You do the second work set of your squats. Then you do the rest of the warm ups for that pressing exercise. You do your third work set of squats you unload the bar you go to the press work set weight first work set do your first work set then load your first warm-up for your deadlift first two warm-ups for your deadlifts do the second work set of the press do the last warm-up for the deadlift do your final work set of the press exercise then do your deadlift work set and then unload everything and go home yeah and that doesn't take long it's the best way to manage your time if you're in a jam now if you are in a situation where you're an advanced lifter this is not going to be feasible because you're lifting heavy weights and it's going to take more reps i mean more rest i'm sorry more rest between sets than that kind of a jammed up schedule permits but if you're a, a a novice or intermediate lifter that works just fine and uh but an, an advanced lifter is not going to have this question anyway. Exactly. I was, already, I was about to say something. They already know what to do. Yeah, they, they, they've right. been doing That's it. That's how you got advanced. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it just depends on, on what what you can get away with. You know, you you if you've only got an hour, you're going to have to get creative, but it's going to depend on entirely on the details of your schedule. And... Uh, and you don't, uh, you know, when you get in a situation, it'll it'll become obvious what you need to do. Okay. It, ideal is three days a week. It's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, with two hours set aside to train. Not everybody has that luxury. Just do as best you can with it. Is the only thing we can tell you, and that's going to look different for everybody that's got a different kind of a problem like that. Okay. All right. You guys want to talk about anything else? 
Will, you got anything you want to add? No, I'm good. You're good? Rusty, you good? Thumbs up. Nick, you I'm okay? not good, but I, yeah, we can stop. You're okay, but yeah, you're, but you're also tired of the shit. Yeah. Okay. I've got him with you. I am with you. All you're, right. You're so, probably hungry, Rip. I'm I'm hungry. I want to go get something to eat here. All right. Thank you guys for joining us this week on Starting Strength Radio, and we will see you next time.